We're so glad you're watching today with Marilyn and Sarah. God has put in our hearts to cover the earth with the word, and people who help us do that are called partners. So I want to thank our partners today. If you're watching right now, it's because a partner said yes to praying for us and financially helping us. So partners, thank you again and again for who you are as well as praying and helping us financially. And here's some really encouraging news. We got this praise report from Carol Ann, whose daughter had been blind, and after receiving prayer, God restored her eyes restored her sight where she can see now. <laughs> God opens blind eyes. You might be watching right now and you need a miracle in your life. Maybe you need a physical miracle. Maybe you're struggling with your own vision, your own eyesight. I remember one time God completely did this amazing miracle. I was in, in Guatemala and there was a lady in the meeting that had a detached retina and God completely healed her instantly where she could see there was no more pain and there was complete clarity. So I'd encourage you, hop on the phone, get on the website. We love to pray and see God do miraculous things and specifically if you have any kind of eye problems, whether it's a detached retina, an optical nerve, whether you have floaters, myopia, all those eye issues, I just encourage you, hop on the phone, Get on the website. We want to pray for you that God would bring healing into your vision. And sometimes vision, also I'm just going to say this as well, sometimes vision also relates to our perspective. And if you're going through a crisis, a lot of times your perspective gets shifted and gets compromised. And I want to encourage you that as you watch this teaching, God's going to help you if you're going through a crisis on your vision, on what you focus on, on what your perspective is. Because a crisis really is an opportunity for God to do some incredible things, stuff that you didn't anticipate. So I want to watch, I want you to watch this now because God is going to help you in the midst of a crisis to come through with victory. Do you have a dream in your heart that far exceeds your natural ability? I want to encourage you today to pick up Sarah's latest book, Hanging by a Thread. Read the true and inspiring story of how Sarah founded Saving Moses a global organization that saves vulnerable babies around the world. Here's a story of hope, encouragement, and solutions and seeing what God is doing with genuine love. In this book, you will hear stories of babies and toddlers. This book, as you read it, will inspire you, give you hope, and really uh, help you to see that there's possibilities. There's way beyond what the atrocities are. There's more hope than what we can imagine Grab your copy today, it'll really inspire you, encourage you, and I, I think it'll be an eye-opening experience for you to see God's genuine love demonstrated in so many ways around the world. So grab your copy today of Hanging by a Thread. Thank you so much for joining today with Marilyn and Sarah. I'm so excited to get to speak with you today about managing a crisis. Think about crisis. You may have had some crises in your own life. Maybe you had like a financial meltdown and you had to go into bankruptcy. That's a crisis. And, and facing that, going through that, it's just very, very difficult. You might be looking at that right now. It feels like it's an impending crisis. You might be thinking about a health crisis that you had. Maybe there was a diagnosis or you had some symptoms that were very scary and you're like, <gasps> and it made you think about maybe some of the genetic things that have happened in, with your family members, you know, in terms of maybe cancer or something like that. And we have crises in our life. We have crises with our kids. <laughs> 
our kids might make some bad decisions, or maybe there's a health crisis with a kid where they go through something, have an accident, and it's just maybe they're even in a car accident and they hit. There's a crisis. And I just want to encourage you. If you're watching right now and you're in the middle of a crisis, we want to pray for you. Hop on the phone, get on the website, and when you do, I wrote a booklet called "What to Do in a Crisis." Really helpful resource for you at this time and maybe you want to grab a couple because you have some friends who might be in a crisis and you can pass them on to your friends but we think about a crisis I just want to encourage you that God is in the midst of crisis you say how do you know that well I want to invite you to flip over to Daniel chapter 3 because I when I read through the book of Daniel particularly the first six chapters I see lots of crises in that in those chapters i see daniel going through some very very <laughs> intense struggles and and crises and part of the problem with a crisis is sometimes we can anticipate a crisis we we know that if the finances don't change if our job doesn't change or if our health things the numbers don't change on the test that you know it's leading in this direction and we can anticipate the crisis and sometimes that anticipation sometimes can be even more intimidating, worse sometimes than the actual crisis. But I want us to think for just a moment in Daniel chapter 3, because this was a crisis and there was an anticipation to this crisis. In Daniel chapter 3, this is where Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, had created this giant golden image, a statue. And he made this nationwide decree that on such and such a day, whatever day it was, that everybody in the whole nation had to bow down to this golden statue of Nebuchadnezzar, had to basically worship this statue. And so, and he said, if you don't bow down to this golden statue, then I'm going to throw you into the fiery furnace. Well, that's a problem, especially for the, for the Jewish people, because they're in, the, in their hearts, they're not into idolatry. They don't bow down to idols. They don't bow down to different gods, if you will. But there was a deadline on this, and there was a day approaching, and they knew, hey, look, the day is coming in two weeks, you know, in, in 10 days, in five days, in three days, you know, and there can be this sense of uh, panic, anxiety, anticipation, where you're like, <gasps> it's coming, it's coming, and that might be you right now. You might be thinking, it's coming, you know, I have this deadline, and it's, uh, this is happening, and this is the threshold, or, or you're anticipating a report from a doctor, you know, and they're, they're going to give you the results of that report in the next 48 hours, and there's an anticipation. What's, if the numbers say this, it means this. If the numbers say that, then it means, and you anticipate the, the possibility of a crisis of what could be. And I want to encourage you to hop on the phone, get on the website. We want to pray for you in, in the anticipation. Because sometimes the anticipation, we, it creates worry in our minds. It stresses us. We think about, and, and sometimes we get into the, what they call the analysis, paralysis of analysis. You know, we try and think about all the possible outcomes and this and this, and then we try to do best case scenario and what happens here and then what, it, you know, and then we just do these, all these mental gyrations. And what happens is sometimes we, we trust more in our own strength and our own intelligence and our own wisdom than we do in God. And I think crises is an opportunity for us to grow in our faith and confidence, security, our focus on God. Because when you see the, the Jewish Israelite guys here in Daniel chapter 3, they see this crisis coming. <laughs> 
They know the day on the calendar is coming when they're supposed to bow down to this idol. And they determine ahead of time, we're not going to do that. We're not going to bow down to this statue of a human king. We're not doing that. And they saw this coming. They agreed and they came together and said, we're going to bond together. We're going to continue to stay faithful in worshiping God. And when they did that and the day came and the trumpet sounded, everybody was bowing down. These Israelite guys didn't bow down. They were the outliers. They were the standalones, literally the standalones. And you have this whole mass, thousands of people bowing. And then you have these guys that are standing out, the standouts that are like, hey, we're not doing that. And sometimes when you go through a crisis, you feel like you're alone. You're the only one standing in the midst of the crisis. But I want to encourage you that Jesus is with you in it. And what happens here is the king, the king confronts these Jewish guys and he says to them, look, if you don't bow down, I'm going to throw you in the fiery furnace. And I love what they say to the king. They say, you know what? Even if God doesn't deliver us, even if we get thrown into the fire, we're not bowing down. We're not giving up our faith. We're not giving up our worship. We will only worship the one true God. And today I want to encourage you, don't bow down to fear. <laughs> don't let fear be the dominating focus in your life, particularly in a crisis. Don't bow down. Don't worship fear. Don't honor fear. Don't let fear run and control and dominate and dictate your focus and, and your attention and what you do. Don't let fear be that dominating factor. Hop on the phone. Get on the website because I know some of you are struggling with fear in this time. And when you do, we want to pray for you. But grab your copy of What to Do in a Crisis. To really, really help you to, to not only navigate and, and let fear get under your feet instead of over you, dominating you, but also give you some real practical tools as well. And so these Jewish guys, they didn't bow down. And so Nebuchadnezzar was mad. It really ticked him off. How dare you defy me, the king of this entire country? So Nebuchadnezzar stokes up the fiery furnace seven times hotter. And it says they, they tied him up in ropes, these Jewish guys that didn't bow down. They tied him up in ropes. And it says the soldiers that took these Jewish guys to the furnace, they brought them to the furnace. And because the furnace was so hot, the guys who were supposed to throw them in, those guys died because the heat was so intense. It like caught them on fire. So they go and, they, and, and they're about ready to throw them in. They fall in and you know, they die themselves. And these Jewish guys, they go into the fiery furnace. And Nebuchadnezzar, the king, thought at this time, he's like, you know, I got rid of that problem. But when the king looked in the fiery furnace, this is what I want to encourage you with. God can not only deliver you from a crisis, God can be with you through and in a crisis. Because this is what Nebuchadnezzar said. Didn't we throw three guys in there? We did, O king. And he said, well, how come I see a fourth one? And the fourth guy in that furnace with him looks like the son of God. And Jesus and I love this. Oh, Roberts did a fantastic sermon on this. The fourth man in the fire. Jesus is with you in the furnace, in the fire. Jesus can walk with you. God can completely deliver you from, from a crisis, but God can also walk you through the crisis so that you come out the other side. Because when they brought him out of the fiery furnace, it says that the ropes had burned off, but there was not even a smell or hint or trace of smoke on their clothes, on any of them. They didn't, there, there's no singe. 
<laughs> There's no like little eyebrow singes, no, no whiff or hint of smoke. They were completely, they, and I don't know about you, but finding Jesus in the midst of a crisis can be a very powerful experience in the middle of it, in the thick and in the intensity and the heat of the moment. Jesus can and is present with you. And I want to encourage you to hop on the phone, get on the website. We want to pray for you. You're in the thick of a crisis. You're in the fiery furnace right now. We want to pray that you would recognize and feel and sense and know that Jesus is present with you in the furnace. And when we come out of the furnace, family, it's an opportunity for us to acknowledge and celebrate the power, the presence, the redeeming salvation uh, presence of God through that fiery furnace, through that crisis, that God can bring us, deliver us from it, but also can bring us through a crisis. I just encourage you today that God is absolutely able and well capable of bringing you through. And on the other side of the crisis, there's some really good things, some really good fruit, some really good benefits. And we're going to talk about some of those benefits as we come to the next segment here in just a few little moments. But I encourage you, if you're in a crisis, hop on the phone, get on the website. We want to pray for you and grab your copy of What to Do in a Crisis that will help you today. We have all seen that life can take sudden and frightening turns. What do you do when crisis strikes? For your gift of $29 or more, we will send you Sarah's What to Do in a Crisis booklet and Marilyn's CD teaching, What to Do in a Crisis. These two encouraging resources will edify your soul with what the Bible says about staying strong when everything else is going wrong. We will also send you Marilyn's message, Victory in the Storm, and our Trusting God Scripture card. This powerful message and the Word will help you overcome life struggles and keep your faith intact. For your gift of $69 or more, we will also send you Marilyn's autobiography, It's Not Over Until You Win. You will be inspired as you read the amazing examples of God's faithfulness in her life, despite countless threats and obstacles. This book will encourage you to hang on to your God-given visions in every season of life. Call or click today for this life-transforming offer. I don't want you to look down. I want you to look up. And perhaps you are looking and listening to the news, which can be kind of bad. But I believe the Word of God can change the news. And I'm praying for you today that you're not going to look down. You're going to look up. You're going to see that God is going to take us through victoriously. Now, I have found when you take the Word and you look up and speak the Word that you win. And I'm older, and I'm telling you, being older gives you more experience. I have great experience in faith. So please call us. If you're in a time of fear, you know, you need special help, special encouragement in the word. We don't counsel, but I'm telling you, we love to pray. Praying God's word can change us, change our circumstances, and change the world. I'm really excited as we continue to talk about crises. I'm excited to encourage you that on the other side of a crisis, there can be some really, really good things. So, like, what do you mean by that? Well, remember we talked about these three Jewish guys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, in the fiery furnace, and they came out the other side. And, you know, the fourth man in the furnace looks like the Son of God. That's what Nebuchadnezzar said. But at the end of chapter 3, Daniel chapter 3, verse 30, it says this, then the king caused Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to prosper 
in the province of Babylon. They came through the crisis, and at, on the other side of it, they had favor with the king who put them in it in the first place. It was a turnaround. It was a change. It was a transition, transformation out of that crisis into something very magnificent. And that's possible for you as well. That God can bring you through a crisis and make really good outcomes, even better than what you thought possible. And you might be listening right now or thinking, watching and saying, I'm in the thick of a crisis. I'm in, I'm in the fiery furnace, Sarah, and I'm struggling. We want to encourage you. We want to pray for you. So hop on the phone, get on the website, grab your copy, grab a couple copies of what to do in a crisis, pass them on to your friends. It'd be super, super helpful. But I want to look at one more crisis in the book of Daniel. And this is in Daniel chapter 6. We see in Daniel there's a crisis in chapter 2 about interpreting a dream. We see in Daniel chapter 3 there's a crisis about who to worship, you know, in terms of worshiping Nebuchadnezzar, worshiping God. In Daniel chapter 6, this crisis is a really interesting crisis because Daniel had enemies. And this is several years later. Daniel's enemies wanted to try and trip him and trap him into making a mistake. So Daniel's enemies came to the king and said, hey, we think you should issue a nationwide decree that nobody prays to anybody but you. And the king's like, sure, sounds great. Awesome, totally on board for that. So the king creates this decree. And when the enemies of Daniel got that decree in hand, they were super excited because they're like, bam, we got Daniel. Because they knew Daniel was consistent and faithful in his walk with God and in his daily prayer times with God. And I love this because sometimes a crisis, we get in a crisis and we want to kind of quit in those normal routines with God. We want to kind of compromise those routines and we might do something a little bit different just to change it up. But I want to encourage you, in a crisis, it's not the time to, to quit your routines with God. It's not the time to stop praying. It's not the time when you stop reading your Bible. In fact, in a crisis is when we need God all the more. And it's the time to continue to stay faithful and to press in. Maybe you're watching today and you say, I don't have routines. I don't have any consistency with God. We would love to pray for you on that. I really would love to pray for you because, actually I'm going to do that here as I'm talking, because for a long time in my life, I struggled with having a routine, having consistency with God. And I remember talking to God and saying, I'm really having a hard time being steady, being just day to day, doing, just kind of being faithful. And it was a struggle for me. And God helped me turn that corner to where it's no longer a struggle for me. No matter what I go through, crisis, no crisis, that consistency remains the same. So I want to pray for you just here for a moment. Father, I pray for each person watching that you would help them to have consistency and routine with you on a daily basis. Prayer, Bible, communion, fellowship with you, Jesus, every single day. I thank you for helping them now to have that faithfulness and consistency. Give them the desire to do that and walk them through some, some ways to do that, their daily schedule, how to do that in the practical execution. Thank you for doing this in Jesus' name. Amen. And that's what I love about Daniel because no matter what, Daniel, Daniel didn't change his routine. Even though there's a, a national decree you can't pray, Daniel's like, that's fine, I'm still gonna pray. So Daniel's enemies caught him violating the national decree. And sure enough, I mean, the decree said, if you do this, we'll throw you in the lion's den. 
And so they did. The king didn't want to throw Daniel into the lion's den, but because of the decree, the national law, he had to be true to what he said. So they threw Daniel into the lion's den. And, and sometimes I find this interesting because Daniel wound up in the lion's den because he was faithful to God. That doesn't make sense to me. Like in my mind, if I'm faithful to God, then I want everything to be good. <laughs> if I'm unfaithful, then it makes sense that then everything should be bad. But just because I'm faithful doesn't always guarantee that everything is good. That because we're faithful to God, we don't, we're not only faithful to God to get good results, but we're faithful to God because of our intimacy and fellowship with God. We're faithful not for the results, but rather for the relationship. We're faithful to the relationship. And family, I just want to encourage you with this. Some of us have been faithful to God because we want good outcomes. We want the results. And that's nice, and that's, that's not a bad thing. But let's be faithful to God no matter what the results are, no matter what the outcomes are. Let's be faithful to the relationship even more so than the results. And maybe that's really pushing a button on you today. Maybe you've been, you're like, wow, I've been faithful to God for results. And then I'm disappointed. I walked away because I didn't get what I wanted. But God's encouraging you and challenging you today to step into that relationship faithfulness and not just for results. If that's been a struggle for you, I encourage you, hop on the phone, get on the website. We want to pray for you that you would make that transition, that shift to being faithful to the relationship far more than just the results. And I think it's very important because when Daniel got thrown into the lion's den, remember, he spends the whole night in the lion's den. <laughs> and he's surrounded. And you're like, well, maybe they weren't that hungry. Well, I know they were hungry. And I'll tell you why in just a little minute. I know they were starving. And it says early in the next morning, you read in Daniel chapter 6, early in the next morning, the king came to the lion's den. And he called out, Daniel, Daniel, is a God whom you serve continually able to save you? And Daniel calls back to him and says, hey, O king, God has saved me, rescued me. He closed the mouths of the lions all through the night. And so the king rescues Daniel out of the lion's den. And he throws in all of Daniel's enemies into the lion's den. And here's how I know those lions were hungry. Because when he threw them into the lions, those enemies... It says that the lions leaped up and chomped on those guys, those enemies, before they even hit the floor. And they ate, ate them up, like totally snapped into their flesh and completely devoured them, like in two minutes flat. Uh, that two minutes is my little rendition, but you get the gist of it. But you can read about it in, in Daniel chapter 6 and see that God not only brought Daniel through the lion's den, but remember he brought Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego through the fiery furnace and whatever the crisis is in your life, God can and does bring us through. Sometimes he delivers us from the crisis, but sometimes God brings us through the crisis. And even if it's at nighttime, in a pit, surrounded by lions, God is still faithful in the darkest moment of your life. God is consistent. God's presence is with you. God is protecting you. God is shielding you. God is helping you. And the day is coming. The dawn, the sun will rise, there will be a change, and God will say, hey, let's shift the season. But in the midst of a crisis, I want to encourage you, hop on the phone, get on the website. We want to pray for you. If you find yourself in a crisis, a health crisis, a financial crisis, you're in a relationship crisis, 
maybe you're in an emotional crisis and you just have this meltdown in your heart we want to pray for you we know that god can absolutely bring you through and give you tremendous victory on the other side better than you anticipated and i love what god says to us god can turn the curse into a blessing that what the devil meant to harm and hurt and destroy you god can use that exact same struggle and difficult and crisis to do amazing redemption, resurrection, and turn that on the enemy's head. So I encourage you, hop on the phone, get on the website. We'd love to give you this book, help you get this book, What to Do in a Crisis. And this is a great resource because sometimes you watch and you say, like, that's great content, super helpful, encouraging video. But this will help you to have something permanent with you that you can continue to read and you can pass on and get a couple of them, pass them on to your friends. Because we all know everybody goes through a crisis of some sort at any given time. So grab a couple of copies and remember this, that God is faithful, God is sovereign, God is dependable. And you can keep your confidence and focus in God. No matter if you're going through a pit at nighttime surrounded by hungry lions, no matter if you're going through a fiery furnace and you've been tied up and you can't seem to escape, Jesus is in the midst of the fiery furnace. God's present with the lions making them shut their mouths. He's there at nighttime. He's with you in the thick and thin of any crisis you go through because God loves We have all seen that life can take sudden and frightening turns. What do you do when crisis strikes? For your gift of $29 or more, we will send you Sarah's What to Do in a Crisis booklet and Marilyn's CD teaching, What to Do in a Crisis. These two encouraging resources will edify your soul with what the Bible says about staying strong when everything else is going wrong. We will also send you Marilyn's message, Victory in the Storm, and our Trusting God Scripture card. This powerful message and the Word will help you overcome life struggles and keep your faith intact. For your gift of $69 or more, we will also send you Marilyn's autobiography, It's Not Over Until You Win. You will be inspired as you read the amazing examples of God's faithfulness in her life, despite countless threats and obstacles. This book will encourage you to hang on to your God-given visions in every season of life. Call or click today for this life-transforming offer. I'm so grateful, so grateful that you have watched, especially right now, because in the heat and the intensity of all this COVID crisis, all the coronavirus, it's like just seemingly occupying, dominating everything. My prayer for you is that you can keep your eyes and your confidence and your security, faith in Jesus. More than anything you hear, more than the, anything you feel. For some of you watching right now, this is a real struggle for you physically because maybe you've been diagnosed with COVID. Maybe you're scared because somebody in your family has it and you're like, <gasps> the quarantine all, you know, all the complexity of it. But I want to pray for you now. I want to pray, number one, for those of you who are struggling physically. And number two, I want to pray for you as well, that Holy Spirit would guard your heart and mind that you wouldn't let fear, fear and worry dominate your thoughts, your emotions. So Father, I pray right now, healing power for each person that has been diagnosed with COVID, that has coronavirus, whatever they're struggling with. I pray for each family member quarantined as well. I pray for healing and protection in these families and in this body now. I rebuke the virus and I command it to leave in Jesus' name. Now, Father, I pray for each person watching right now that might be struggling with fear or worry, panic, anxiety. I rebuke that. And I thank you, Jesus, for your peace 
pervading the soul, heart, and mind. In Jesus' name, amen. And of course, I'd welcome you to hop on the phone, get on the website. We'd love to pray for you. We know that God answers prayer. And family, no matter what, I want you to remember this, that every knee bows its self to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. 